Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. Hi, friends. We are back. This is Megan. And Sarah. And today we're going to be talking about adult friendships, which this is already what I feel personally. I feel like it's already a complex topic or can be at times. And it's definitely one that's been further complicated the past 18 months or so by a pandemic. Um, You guys were so helpful on our Instagram page. We asked you to describe adult friendships in one word. And some of those words included therapeutic, necessary, fluid, important, hard, and non-existent. Um, I did a little research and found some really interesting data in relating to friendships and adulthood. Um, in one study that was conducted by a group called OnePoll, a survey revealed that 45% of adults admit that they find it hard to make new friends. So if you're in that group, that's about half. In fact, the average adult hasn't made a new friend in the last five years. Hmm. The survey of 2,000 Americans commissioned by Evite dug into the reasons of why Americans struggle with new friendships. About two in five, it's about 42%, said that they have trouble making friends because of introversion or shyness, which we'll hear a little bit about that um, with our guest today, Jiao Jiao. She talks about that dealing with that, especially as a kid. Um, And for these individuals, it's simply a struggle to come out of their shell and comfortably break into new social situations and circles. And obviously, this study was done pre-COVID. And so I think all that has added a whole other layer to um, kind of that sentiment. On Instagram as well, we asked you to share um, the hardest part about adult friendships for you. And these were super interesting because Primarily, the one that was shared over and over and over was finding time and conflicting schedules. And I've seen some really funny memes going around about the back and forth between mom friends or a mom group about, so we'll see each other in, you know, 2055 or whatever. Um, Some of the other reasons that you shared uh, were differing opinions, um, just the struggle of making new friends, trust, and distance. Um, whether that's, you know, somebody lives 20 minutes from you or if it's a cross-country friend that definitely obviously adds a um, an obvious barrier or something that makes it harder. So with all that information, uh, today we'll be, we will be interviewing one of our own contributors, Zhao Zhao Shen. Uh, Zhao Zhao shares in an article that she wrote for Kansas City Mom Collective about not having a best friend. So we pulled you again. To get your thoughts, we did a lot of polling for this just because we wanted to have some localized uh, information from our listeners um, on this topic and found that 61% of you say that you have a best friend, while 39% of you say you do not. So I'd be interested to know what category you are in. And uh, we are excited to delve into this topic with Jiao Jiao. So thanks so much for being here. Here we go. 
Okay, Jiao Jiao, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, okay, let's get started. Well, can you tell us just a little bit about you, just kind of your job, uh, your family, kind of where you live? Yeah. Um, so my name is Jiao Jiao. Um, I am. I work in PR at Hallmark Cards. So I basically spend my um, days telling stories about how to put more care into the world and relationships, which is awesome. It's an awesome job. I'm also a contributing writer for the Kansas City Mom Collective, which it's my first year as a writer and I love it and it's super fun. Um, I live in Overland Park, Kansas with my husband and my two kids and my kids are three years old and six years old. Um, and my fun fact is always that my kids um, have the same birthday. They were born on the same day, three years apart on the 4th of July. Yeah, that's so cool. That is a very fun fact. <laughs> Um, okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. Okay. So today we're kind of talking about, um, our conversations kind of inspired by your piece that was published, um, in Kansas City Mom Collective last month, where you talk about, um, adult friendships and you talked a lot about how your upbringing influenced your friendships. Um, can you share more with us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I moved around a lot as a child. Um, so I was just the new girl in school every few years. Um, so that would have been kindergarten, obviously, because I was just, everybody was new. I was four years old. I was also younger than everybody when I started kindergarten. Um, and then switched schools in fourth grade, went to a Catholic school. Well, I'm not Catholic, but my parents um, put me in a Catholic school. So that was a interesting year for me. Um, fifth grade, moved into public school. Um, and so I was a new kid again in fifth grade and then the fifth grade was, um, elementary school then fed straight into sixth and seventh grade. So I was around a lot of the same kids, but then eighth grade moved to move from California Bay area to, um, Colorado. So it was the new kid again. And then you go into high school. So I moved around a lot and I switched schools a lot when I was growing up. Um, and that was also back before you had like Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and then even cell phones. Um, so you really didn't have a way to stay in touch that easily, um, with somebody once you've moved. And then, you know, you layer on the fact that I was so shy, like painfully shy, like a teacher could call on me in class and I would cry. I was so shy. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe now because <laughs> I'm not, but um, I was then. Yeah. And so it was really hard for me, you know, as the new girl in school to talk to somebody new, let alone, you know, develop a relationship with that person and, and have make a new friend. And then I think the final piece of that um, was the fact that my parents were very traditional Chinese parents. We were new immigrants to this country when I was a child. And um, studying always came first. It was academics above all else. And so because of that, I didn't do a lot of extracurriculars. I played the violin. That's a pretty isolated activity, right? You go in for class and you practice at home. I did do ballet class, but the class that my parents put me in, um, there weren't a lot of, um, well, there weren't any um, kids from my school there. So it was really just like, you know, 45 minutes on a weekend. And that's the only time I spent in ballet class. I wasn't allowed to do sleepovers. I didn't go to very many birthday parties, only went to two. I went to three school dances in my entire <laughs> school oh my age gosh. career. I went to a seventh grade dance to which my mom came and picked me up, walked into the gym and said, you're never going to a dance again. <laughs> and then, um, I was allowed to go to homecoming my sophomore year of high school. And I was allowed to go to my senior prom. So I didn't go to school dances. So I didn't get a chance to really experience those bonding moments with classmates, you know, outside of school. And so making friends was really hard for me. And um, one particular incident 
that I remember was in sixth and seventh grade, I feel like I finally had a few girls that I'd become close to. We would walk to school together every morning and then we would walk home. You know, it's the one who lived the farthest would walk to the end of my block and then we would meet up and then we'd walk to the next block and then meet up. And so we had like this little chain going to school. And there was one girl in particular that I got really close to, probably the closest thing I had to a best friend at some point in my life. Um, but you know how, um, tween girls are when you're like, you know, 11, 12, 13, one day she apparently woke up and decided she didn't like me anymore. And so she walked right past my house and just went straight to the next block to pick up the next girl and stopped talking to me in school. And I had no idea what was going on. And this was seventh grade. And at that point I knew that we were, my parents had already told me that we were moving from California from the Bay area to Colorado. And so I knew that was going to happen. And so I don't know if maybe she got mad at me for moving away or what, but she just stopped talking to me and I was so hurt by it. I was so distraught. And I remember on the last day of school, for some reason, my parents came to pick me up in the car. And as I was waiting at the curb for my parents, I saw the group of them, you know, walk away. Mm -hmm. And then I got my parents car and out the back window, it's just a really like vivid memory in my head, Uh. looking out the back window. And there they are walking down the street like we did for the last two years. And they're laughing and having a great time. And here I am being driven away to my new life. And then a couple months later, I'm starting school as the new girl again in Colorado and just starting all over. And so, um, you know, it was hard when I was a kid. And I think all of those circumstances kind of contributed to why it was so hard for me to make friends when I was growing up. Judge, I'm curious if with your job, um, you know, you're in a career that is fairly demanding. And, you know, I know you're have people that report to you. Do you feel like that affects your ability to make friendships now? Like my, my job or, or the influence from my childhood? Well, both, you know, is you have your influence from your childhood, but then, you know, you're already starting out not comfortable with making friends, but now you're Mm -hmm. high up at a company. And I know for some women that, you know, makes it kind of difficult because you have less, you know, moms you can relate to. And then, you know, you're probably spending a lot of hours at your job. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. And then it doesn't help that for the last, you know, 18 months, I've been working from home, too. So that's even less, you know, exposure to people. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I think that, yeah, work um, keeps keeps you busy. And so then yeah, you end up, um, you know, not having as much time, you know, when I well, I'll I'll backtrack a little bit. So my first career, I was a broadcast journalist, and that made it hard to have, um, make friends because I was moving around so much, you know, again, it's the moving thing that, um, you know, the way that the, the, the TV television broadcast news world works is you go to a small market and you work in a small market to get the experience you need to move to a mid-sized market to then move to a bigger market. And so I started my career in Topeka, Kansas, and then went to Oklahoma City and then ended up here in Kansas City for my um, last broadcast journalism job. And I was in each market for about three years. So yeah, I would make a few friends there in that market, but everybody, you know, kind of experiences that in that career path. And so everybody scatters you know, and, and distance is sometimes, um, a barrier to friendship is once you've kind of, you're not close to each other anymore, you know, what happens to that friendship then, then it's really reliant on you, you know, making an effort to stay in touch. So, um, so that was, that was kind of the, the, um, the problem, the issues I ran into with my previous career, with my current career. Um, I think it's because I started to have, I had a family, you know, by the time I moved out, 
out of broadcast journalism and into public relations, um, I was pregnant. And so, you know, when you're working an, a, an office job, a nine to five, you know, out of the home type of job, and then um, you have kids on top of that, then, you know, you spend so little time with your kids that any free time you have, you want to spend with your children. And so it's kind of like, what am I willing to give up, you know, to go spend time with a friend? So it becomes harder. And I think it's just a lack of time. And I think you bring up a good point too, where it's then, you know, who are the type of working moms that you would relate to, you know, and it's, um, and, and then every, you know, and I, and I hate the term working mom because I feel like, you know, moms who um, stay at home with their children are working too. Right. Um, you have a very demanding job as well, raising your children at home um, and you don't have PTO. <laughs> so yeah. it is extremely challenging. So I don't want to diminish that at all. But I think it's, you know, you have the out of the home working mom and the in the home working mom. And you know, because I'm an out of the home working mom, I probably relate a little more to the out of the home working mom, but the out of the home working mom has the exact same challenge I have, which is you spend so much time at work, not with your children that your time out of work, you want to spend with your children. So how do we find the time then to spend with each other? So I think that is a bit of a challenge, um, being able to make new friends and then maintain those friendships with a schedule like I have. Yeah. So that, okay. So that leads really well into, um, another question for you. So you're talking about finding friends that you kind of have common ground with. Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. you're talking about working outside the home and working not outside the home, just something you can relate to. So for you personally, I mean, what would you, what would like the perfect or ideal friend look like to you in the stage that you're in now? Like what matters the most to you? Um, For me, it's trust and honesty. Um, You know, I think when you have those two elements, you have a great friend. And, um, you know, since being a mom is such a major part of my identity right now, I tend to relate a lot of things back to back to being a mom. And so, you know, as a mother, you know, there are always going to be days when you when you feel this way and you need to get it out to somebody who understands, which is, you know, I really, I I do love my child or children, but I really don't like them right now, you know? And it's like, you want to have a safe place to be able to say that to say that to somebody and, um, you know, not have them think you're a terrible mother. How could you not like your kids? Well, trust me, I love my kids, but I don't like them. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. or you want to just be able to, you know, go to somebody and just talk about how your kid was such a bleeping bleep hole today, you know, (laughs) and here are the bleeping bleep hole behaviors that they were doing today. And, um, you know, you don't want that person to, um, you know, think about you differently. Like, how could you call your kid that? Or, you know, my kid was having a meltdown and I ended up having a meltdown too, you know, and, you know, I said some stuff that I shouldn't have said and I feel awful about it. And you need to be able to go to somebody and trust that they're not going to judge the type of parent that you are because they've, you know, every parent has gone through that. I feel Um, like, or yeah, go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. No, I was going to say, I feel like, um, I haven't thought about it that way before when you said, Okay. So you said trust, right? Mm-hmm. And just honesty. Um, I feel like when I meet somebody new or if I'm having a mom date, a blind date, I feel like I can tell almost within five to 10 minutes if I'm going to click with somebody by how honest they mm-hmm. are about their life. And I'm not yep. looking for like straight negativity, but I'm looking for some honesty. Um, and I feel like it's kind of like a, like a, like a gauge. 
Um, cause I just don't have time for the fluff. Like yeah, be real, exactly. be real or be gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to sit here and tell me that your child only eats green veggies and doesn't eat hot dogs, then yeah, <laughs> I don't we, have really, I don't time for we don't have much in common, you know, because <laughs> first of all, I don't trust that your child only eats vegetables. Uh-huh. And um, secondly, if you're going to refuse to feed your child a hot dog, mm-hmm. then we're completely different. Yes, we, <laughs> we are, we have, you've been deemed, we have been deemed incompatible. <laughs> yes. Incompatible. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with your choices, but yep. we are just not going to be compatible. Exactly. You know, the other part of that I think is too, is, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, yeah. you know, sometimes I just need to be able to vent about yes. my husband, Oh, yeah. but yeah. I need to know that the next time you see my husband, you're yes. not going to judge my husband for it, yes. you know? Yes. And that's kind of the other thing. The other safety, safety part of it is the trust and the honesty. Um, I really think that, you know, your friendship circle should be a safe space for you to be totally honest and say the things you need to say free of judgment and that your friends are going to listen to you and offer honest feedback. Um, and of course it's reciprocal. Like you have to be able to deliver that to your friends as well. But one thing I think we should mention, though, in, in talking about being honest with your friends and being able to unleash all of these, you know, like inner thoughts and things like that is that I do think it's important to emphasize that friendship is not a substitute for therapy. So, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes we do need to go see a professional to get the help that we really need. And maybe your friends are the one that can, that can help guide you in that direction. But I definitely think that, you know, friendship is still different than therapy. So if you are really struggling with something, you should definitely go get professional help. Um, but your friendship circle should be a place where you can just kind of, you know, be yourself completely be completely authentic to who you are and what you're thinking about your life right now and um it be a free space of judgment uh, free of judgment and um and you know you should be able to 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 feel like um they're there for you every step of the way regardless what comes out of your mouth yeah no I think that's and I think that's such a good point you make about therapy for sure and I think having that trust in a friendship where you could say um, cause I know I've been in a situation before where it's like, I'm here to listen, but if it's the same thing over and over and over and over, maybe it's time for that person to seek out additional help. Cause I'm obviously not trained. Um, mm-hmm. and you want to, you want to be able to help. So sometimes pointing something in that direction, um, is, you know, is the way to go, but, um, okay. So let's touch briefly on the elephant in the room pandemic friendships. Um, it's something that we have talked a lot about. And for both of us, friendships have really changed in the last 18 months. We've let go of friends that the pandemic helped reveal weren't quite as meaningful or as deep as we thought they were. Um, friendship breakups are a real and painful thing. So we just wanted to ask you, have you experienced any friendship breakups over the past 18 months or so? Um, I feel pretty lucky that, um, I haven't really had too many. There are a few people in my life that we are not seeing right now due to their misinformed beliefs about the pandemic and their refusal to take necessary protective measures. My kids are not vaccinated, so I'm not going to have my children see them. Um, and there have been some passive aggressive, you know, kind of statements made about, you know, I haven't seen your kids in so long. Oh my gosh, they're getting so big. I can't believe it's been, you know, two years since I've seen your kids. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I'd love for you to see my kids, but I really can't do that right now. Um, I've had some people that I've had, 
to kind of unfollow, unfriend on social media um, because of false information that they continue to perpetuate. But I don't think of them really as friends. They're probably more like friends in another lifetime who became just kind of acquaintances, who just became people that I knew um, and were just connected on social media. So I feel fairly fortunate that the circle of friends that I've made over the course of the last, uh, you know, in recent years in my adult life um, are pretty aligned in their viewpoints with me in that, like, at least pandemic related, I've not been, um, I've not had a painful friendship breakup. I think the pandemic really has, has made it kind of difficult because, you know, as we all socially distanced and kind of kept our bubbles, it really made us think long and hard about who are we willing to let into our bubble? Um, And I think that's where kind of that, that comes in is there are just people who unfortunately due to their beliefs, you do not feel comfortable letting into your bubble. And we've been in this for so long now, 18 months, 19, 19 months going on 20 months. Um, that's a long time, you know, to not see somebody. Um, and then on top of that, you know, then you add on, if you do, if you don't see them, but you, you know, maybe talk to them on the phone or, you know, then it becomes kind of debates. And at what point do debates become, too much (laughs) to a, to a relationship and, you know, healthy debate is fine. It's, you don't, we don't all have to have the exact same opinions, but these are pretty fundamental beliefs about our society, about our community and about who we are and how we fit in and, and what we're willing to do to care for one another. And, and that's, that's a pretty fundamental um, belief system that, that, yeah, unfortunately can result in, in friendship breakups. Yeah. And I think um, just from, you know, friends I know and just stories I've heard, I feel like the thing that's been really upsetting to some people is thinking that you're on the same page with a friend Mm -hmm. and then finding out through all this, that like, whoa, like we are a lot different in that way than I would have thought. Um, And so I know that that has caught some people definitely by surprise. Um, And then, and we're not talking about this today. On this episode, but in families, you're tied to these people, at least with friends, you know, I don't want to say yep. cut off, but I mean, you get to pick more, you know, your friends and family gets a little trickier with that. So you, would you agree right. then that like the polarizing nature of society right now has contributed to the difficulty when it comes to making adult friendships? Yeah, I think so. I think so for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, um, you know, it's kind of like one of those where it's like in polite society, these might not be things that you talk about, you know, you don't talk about politics or money. Um, and Mm -hmm. so it's it's something where like you might meet this person initially and, um, you know, we, we, um, I had met this, this mom and, um, we had clicked initially and it wasn't until a few times that we've hung out with our kids that I found out, you know, that, that she does not vaccinate her children at all. And that really goes against my belief system for caring for my kids and caring for the community that we live in. And, you know, I, I disagree with that and, you know, it's her choice. I, you know, but, but I don't agree with it. And to me, it was kind of like, oh, wow. Okay. Well now our kids like each other and, you know, and I, and I really, in my head was like, okay, you know what, 
I'm not going to let this define who she is. Um, you know, it's kind of like I always told myself I was never going to date a smoker. And then when I met my husband, he was smoking. <laughs> he was on the journey to quitting and he ended up quitting. Um, but, you know, I said I would never date a smoker. And then I started dating him. And and thank God, because, you know, we have a, he's a wonderful human being. And, yeah. you know, so it's one of those where it's like I, I tried in my head. I was like, OK, I'm not going to I'm not going to hold this against her. You know, my kids are vaccinated. Um you know, her kids stay home. They're not exposed to large groups of, 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 of people. So, you know, we'll try, but then, you know, it's really this, 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 um, pandemic and, and just kind of, you know, the way that her belief system and my belief system just became so incompatible. Yes. Well, and I feel like it, Oh, go ahead, Jaja. But, but it was just one of, you know, you can't tell, you know, you, you can't tell until you've gotten into deeper conversations. And a lot of times those deeper conversations don't happen the first few times you meet with that person, you know? And so at that point, a bond has already formed. And so then you have to make a decision. Like, is this, is our friendship strong enough to withstand this? And this is something that we can, um, you know, that, that we can overlook in one another. Um, or is this something that really gets to the core of who we are as, as people and, and, you know, what we stand for. And is this something, I mean, you can make the same argument about the, um, you know, fights for social justice that continue to happen. You know, I mean, when, um, you know, not to, not to totally change the topic, but earlier this year, um, you know, when the shootings happened in Atlanta and I wrote the piece, my very first piece for Kansas City Mom Collective about, you know, stopping anti-Asian hate, it became pretty clear to me, you know, who, who in my friendship group responded to those posts and who did not and who reached out to me in support and who did not, you know? And so, um, so, you know, pandemic aside, I think also, um, you know, the, the, the fight for racial justice and the anti-racism journey that many of us are on right now, um, I think that's also created a divide because you have people who truly don't believe that we have, um, you know, a systemic racism problem here in the United States. So I think that there are a couple of issues at play here that really get to the core of, you know, who we are and what we stand for and what our beliefs are and how we're choosing to raise our children. And those, they're pretty big issues. And so, um, you know, they're big issues to try to overcome if you have differing opinions with somebody and you both feel really strongly about your beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, we have been like our friendships have been put to like some been put through some pretty extreme like testing for lack of a better word um and it's like who's making it through the tests and who's not making it through the tests and just like mm-hmm. a lot of evaluating going on which is a lot on top of the daily decision evaluating that a lot of us are already um feeling tired by at this point mm-hmm. um yeah no that's 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 excellent um Okay. We have one last question for you, Jaja. One last Mm -hmm. question. So you talked about in your piece about how you have kind of come to a place of contentment um, with not having a, um, like a quote, quote unquote, best friend. So what would you say to a mom listening who feels like she does not have a best friend? Yeah. You know, the first thing I would say is, you know, when you think of a best friend, what does that mean to you? What is that best friend? Is it somebody that you talk to every single day? Is it somebody that you see 
see every single day? Or is it somebody that you trust who will be there when you need them the most? Um, you know, a best friend as a child looks very different than a best friend as an adult, right? A best friend as a child is who you sit with at lunch in the school cafeteria, who you walk home with, who you go to birthday parties with and sleepovers with, and who you watch movies with. You know, that's kind of your best friend when you're a kid. But when you're adult, you know, who, what does that best friend look like? And, you know, and, and, and then I think the other important thing is, is, you know, don't let media define what that friendship looks like for you, you know, books, TV shows, you know, I mean, let's face it, they're, they're not reality. Um, they're not an honest picture of what adulthood looks like, let alone what an adult friendship looks like. So don't let the media define it for you. Um, you know, figure out what's important to you in a friendship and, and let that be remove the label. You don't need to label some, somebody a best friend. Um, if you don't have one, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. That was the thing that I had to figure out, um, was that there's really nothing wrong with me that I don't have a best friend. It's just that I don't, have a friend that I can place that label on. That doesn't mean I don't have friendships. You know, if you're like me, there might be times that you might be envious of what somebody else has. You know, if that somebody has the friend that they've known since kindergarten and they've grown up together and they happen to have kids around the same age because they, you know, reach that same life stage together. Um, and that person still remains their best friend to this day, you know, good for them. That's great. That's awesome. I may be envious on certain days, but I think the most important thing for another mom to understand and to realize is if they don't have that, if you don't have that, you have value. You are still worthy. That does not define your worth. Um, so don't feel like you are less than because you don't have that quote unquote best friend in your life. Yeah, that's great. That's perfect. Jojo, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome conversation. I think a lot of moms are going to relate to this. And I need to go read your piece on this very topic. I'll show you a link in the show notes. We will link it. All right. Thanks, Jojo. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. That was such an interesting conversation um, we just got to have with Jiao Jiao. And I feel like so many of our listeners can relate. And I think especially to the part about pandemic, um, pandemic and how that has shifted maybe some of our friendships. Um, Sarah, do you feel that you have seen a shift in your friendships at all through this time? We definitely have. We, you know, we've, I wouldn't call them friendship breakups, but definitely distanced ourselves from friendships that were, you know, pretty key parts of our life two years ago. But with every, all the unrest and the pandemic and everyone making different choices and aligning themselves in different ways, it just became really difficult and not natural to run in some of the same circles. And so I mean, I definitely identify with Jiao Jiao of not having a best friend that was consistent throughout my life. But I will say that I feel like even in the last year, I have found 
women that I feel like we're missing. Yeah. Um, you know, and we haven't had the longevity to maybe say that they know me my whole life. You know, they don't know me before my kids, but they're the people that align with me and that I feel like I can go deep with and have the characteristics that, you know, I'm looking for. Yeah. I, and I feel like I totally relate to that too. I feel like it's just been a lot of, um, reevaluating what I find important in a friend I feel like has changed. Um, and I kind of, without sounding dramatic, I feel like <laughs> the past 18 months, it's like some things have that have happened with friends. It's like, you can't like unsee things, yeah. you know? And so it's like, okay, like now what do I do with this? And I think that is where it can be tricky. Um, well, I think we're getting choosier, you know, we're yes. looking at our kids activities and what we commit yes. to and are we willing to continue spending time on these things? Cause we got a taste of not. Yep. And I think it rolls right into relationships. Kind of how Jojo yep. said, like, am I willing to spend time away from my family with these people? Yep. And sometimes it's not worth it. Yeah. And sometimes it is. That's so true. That's so true. Well, we hope that you will make time for an upcoming event because we would like to meet you in person. And we have a meetup for our podcast listeners that is actually going to happen in real life. And it is going to be mark your calendars. And if you have something planned, clear it off because this is an, you don't want to miss event on Sunday, November 14th, we are going to meet up and we will also include this in show notes. Um, so don't worry if you don't have anything to write down, write to the, Ugh, this down with right now but this is going to be at parlor which is a super cool place um, in the crossroads area it has something for everybody and it also has indoor seating and outdoor seating so whatever your comfort level is um yeah and we would love to see you there we would love to have you come and bring a friend and we're just going to meet for a happy hour like a meet and greet and maybe a walk home with a potential new mama friend yes we would love to be your friend so we hope that you come um, yeah. And we will create a Facebook event for that as well. Yeah. So we'll, we'll broadcast that to make sure that you don't miss it. Cause we don't want you to miss it. So, all right, we are going to switch over to what we are loving in Kansas city right now. Sarah, what are you loving in Kansas city right now? So this last weekend we went on a hayride with the Johnson County parks and rec department. It's something we've done with the same family for a couple years. Um, but you there's they run through November 21st, so you can still do it if you want. But you go out to Shawnee Mission Park. They have them during the day or the evening. So you have a hayride that is 45 minutes to an hour. And then after that, you can um, come around their fire pit, and they leave marshmallows for you so um, and a gallon of Lewisburg cider. And that's included in the cost. And so then we also bring a few other like snacks. Um, but it's, I think it's $8 a person. And what we do, which has been even better during the pandemic, is we just buy out the whole hayride for that time. So it's $90 for our two families. We just split the cost. And then it's just kind of a just a fun time and tradition that we've always done. That's so fun. That's such a great idea. Especially it's kind of, that's kind of an outside the box idea. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, all right. My, what I'm loving in Kansas city right now is my, one of my favorite coffee shops is brew. Haha. It is off, uh, 103rd and 69 right off the highway over by a good old skate city. 
um, <laughs> and in Overland Park, and they have just the absolute best seasonal drinks that are so good. They're always experimenting and trying new things. Um, and their seating, they have outdoor seating there, and then they have two big rooms full of um, couches and chairs and meeting tables and um, it's just a really cool space. And the guy that owns it is just, um, a really neat person. So I always love supporting them and, um, trying their new seasonal drinks that they put out. So yeah, head to Brouhaha. All right, friends. It is a good place. It is a good place. All right. Until next time, um, our next episode, we are going to be exploring and hopefully hearing from you, which we'll tell you about that. Um, we're going to be talking about more of the unrecognized or the unseen people in our lives and communities that um, deserve our gratitude and appreciation. Um, Sarah and I have been talking about how, you know, there's Teacher Appreciation Week, there's Nurses Appreciation Week, there's Mother's Day, there's Father's Day, there's even Grandparents' Day, there's all these designated times. But there are so many people in our lives that don't have a designated day or time where you couldn't go buy them a designated card, you know, at Hallmark. DoorDash driver day. DoorDash driver day. There, <laughs> should, there should be Instacart driver day. Um, so yeah. So be watching on social media because what we need from you all is we would love to hear who those people are in your life or maybe kind of be looking for those people. Um, and we're going to share some of your, uh, some of your stories on the next episode. Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.